There we go. Right. Dear white people. <laughs> restitution. Uh, sorry. Uh, expropriation without compensation is the issue that's brought this up. But it is part of a far bigger conversation that we need to have. A conversation around restitution. A conversation around making right the wrong that was done. About giving back what was taken. About undoing the injustice that was done and bringing about justice. When we talk about restitution, we're not just talking about, even then, we're not talking about a straight giving back. Like a land was taken, we give back the exact land. Because that's not restitution. That's compensation. Compensation is compensating someone for their loss. Restitution is actually based on the person who committed the injustice. It's based upon their gains. So when we're talking about restitution, we're talking about, yes, what was lost, but also what was gained by that act of injustice. We have to think about that because that changes the dynamic. It's not just a simple A, A equals B. It's like I have benefited massively from a system of apartheid that is, that is designed for someone like me. Someone like me who is a white, middle-aged, heterosexual male. I am the pinnacle of the apartheid society. Let that scary thought sink in for a minute. But, but there it is. That, that, this is what you should aspire to, me. And the system was designed to ultimately benefit someone like me. I have gained from it. Even when it has not been economic gain. It's part of this bigger conversation. And land fits in with this bigger conversation. Land is absolutely critical in this conversation. But as, as someone has suggested, it's, it's far, part of a bigger conversation of a making right the wrong that was done. And as Ryan pointed out, that wrong was done in the church, it was done in the name of the church, and it was done by the church. And that is a legacy we've got to own in this country. It's a, it's a legacy I would like to ignore. Why? Because, I can, because I'm the beneficiary. Because those fingers are pointed at someone like me. So why is expropriation without compensation such a big issue in our country right now? Why is this, this issue uh, being raised? Why is it being debated? Why is it, uh, why is it such a hot topic now? And I want to suggest that, that, that expropriation without compensation is one method of restitution. Perhaps it is, some may even say it's the most controversial. Some might even say it's one of the more extreme methods. So why is this, this particular method so important right now? Why is this particular methodology such a hot topic right now? And I want to suggest because very little has actually changed in our country. Because we have seen very little actual restitution of any other kind. You see, maybe we wouldn't even be at this point. Maybe we wouldn't be talking about expropriation without compensation if white people in this country were seriously talking about what does restitution look like. If we even made something like willing seller, willing buyer work. But it hasn't. There has been no willing seller. And some might even say when it comes to, to certain government policies and actions, there hasn't been a willing buyer even. We have, we have had processes and they have failed. We have had opportunities. As white people, we've had 20 odd years to do something, to say we have done wrong. How do we fix it? It is, it is you know, biblically, 
it is imperative upon the person who has done wrong to reach out and fix. And so my question here, dear white people, is what have we done? What have we done? The recent land audit claims that black people still own less than 2% of rural land and less than 7% of urban land. 14% of our population still live in, in, in informal settlements. And by informal settlements, we're talking about shacks. We're not talking about RDP houses or similar, um, or similar kind of housing still in dangerous township areas. We just, let's just focus on 14% of our population still live in informal settlements. That is approximately 20 million people. 30% of South Africans do not have access to running water. That's more than one in four. And I think that figure does not include those who have access to running water as a communal tap. 22% of people don't have access to improved, improved sanitation. That's shared communal toilets. That's approximately one in five people. And the majority of those people are black. There has been very little restitution. There has been very little will of restitution from us in South Africa, from us white people. We have bought into this rainbow assumption at best. We've said 1994 came. Yeah, we've all got the vote. We can go to the schools. Everything is just, everything's fine. Everything's okay. It's not. I don't know if, are we familiar? Are we familiar with this, this analogy of a football game? It's been going around. I love football. My team's playing today. Yeah, my team's in the Champions League final. But anyway, um, that's beside the point. That just, that just came out, I'm sorry. Um, but, but there's a football analogy that goes wrong, and it's a very useful one. It says, imagine South Africa is a football game played between black people, and I'm using black in a Biko-black sense, including colored and Indian people. But we're just saying they're between black people and between white people. And because, because of a part that black people are playing, but they have you know, both legs tied behind their back, one arm, and they kind of... I don't know, somehow roll around on the pitch. And anyway, at halftime, the score is like, let's say 22-0, because, yeah, we weren't actually that good. Um, uh, to white people, and at halftime, there's this moment of repentance. It's 1994. White people are going, whoa, things should change. This is not fair. Perhaps we should untie the black people. And so we, we untie the black people, and at which point we say, well, great, okay, let's carry on with the game. And they go, right, it's 0-0, right? No, no, no. We still scored all those goals. It's still 22-0. Who's going to win the game, friends? Who, in whose favor is the game still stacked? In order to really change the game, we have to go back and undo what we did. And apartheid was an intentional and a deliberate and a systematic uh, system, system that, that, that privileged others and oppressed others. And we are naive at best we are complicit and, and willfully uh, racist if we think that that kind of system will just go away by good intentions and opening up schools and giving people a vote. It needs to take the same deliberate, systematic, and intentional dismantling of that system. <coughs> Friends, as Christians, there is an irrevocable link between restitution and repentance in the Bible. An irrevocable link between restitution and repentance in the Bible. And my question is this, have we repented? Is the reason we have done so little restituting, 
Is there a reason that so little has changed? Because us as white people, we have done so little repenting. What have we repented of? We have, we've gone to the TRC. We've, we've made applications. We've said sorry. We've let black people in schools. We've given them votes. We, we, we've given them better Where is the fruit of our repentance? Where is the fruit of that repentance? Let me ask you, friends, what have you given up? Repentance always costs. Repentance always costs in the Bible. What have we given up as white people? You know what I tell you? I don't think we've given up very much. I don't think we've given up very much at all. We still own the land. We still own the economic means. We still live a fairly good lifestyle in this country. The majority of white people. And friends, I want to tell you, I, I, I'm a working class. I come from working class white stock. I don't own a wine farm. We, my parents scraped and struggled to get by. We lived month to month. I got into trouble if I missed the bus home from school because my parents couldn't afford um, any other way for me to get home. I remember the struggle, but, our, but we benefited massively from apartheid. Where, what have we given up? What has changed? And I want to tell you, my life has actually seems to have gotten better. My life, it seems to, nothing has fundamentally changed as white people in this country. And yet, we start talking about laws that say, let us make life better for black and colored and Indian people in this country, and we're an uproar. Have we really repented? Well, the question is, have we done rest- repentance? And there's an irrevocable link between rest- repentance and restitution in the Bible. The story of Zacchaeus. I'm going to close with this. The story of Zacchaeus gives us a great example of that, doesn't it? What happens? Jesus comes to Zacchaeus' house. And something happens in Zacchaeus. Something happens in Zacchaeus. He realizes that he needs to change. He he wants to, to come to faith in Jesus. He wants to follow Jesus. And so what does he do? He stands up and he says, Lord, today. Do you see that? Today. There's no urgency. Today, if I have cheated anyone, if there's a direct link, if I can see a direct link of my injustice, today if I've cheated anyone, I'll give them back five times. It was four times as much. That's way beyond what was required. But he says, it's the direct link. I will make that direct link of repentance, of restitution. That is a sign of my repentance. And then he says something else. And if I've cheated anyone here, I will give away half of my possessions. No, he says, and I will give away half of my possessions to the poor. You see, I, I don't think that's just a charitable act. I think he's saying, I've been a beneficiary of an unjust system. As a tax collector in a, an oppressive regime of Rome, I've been a, of Roman government, I have been a beneficiary. I have, I have um, held up this oppressive system. I have held up this unjust economic system. I have taken advantage of people. Maybe I can't draw, draw the direct links, but I'm a part of this. And so because, even though I can't draw the direct links, I know I've benefited, so I'm giving away half of what I have to those who have who I've offended. He makes an act of direct restitution and an act of indirect restitution. And what does Jesus say? Today, salvation has come to this house. Why? Because his repentance, the fruit of his repentance is obvious. For Friends, for us to follow Jesus in this country means that we need to have acts of repentance that issue in restitution, that, it rest, that issue in making things right in changing and in restoring what was broken and what was lost. Restitution is costly. 
Repentance is costly. I want to suggest there's white people we haven't done restitution well in this country because we are not broken by what we have done. We are not broken by the injustice of apartheid. And I think we need to go back and we need to go do some repenting. We need to go do some changing and, rest- and then... And then we need to, that needs that repentance issue in acts of numerous kinds of different acts of restitution and restoration and justice in this country. And friends, you know what? That will be the church's finest hour. It'll be the church's finest hour in this country. Because people will say, What kind of a people are you? What kind of a people are you to live like this? And we say, let me tell you about the king who had all the power and all the might and everything, and who laid that down to come and die for us. Who, come and, who came and gave us what we didn't deserve and didn't just give us grudgingly, but gave us bountifully and generously and over and above. He adopted us into his family, made us sons and daughters of the king. We deserve nothing. Imagine if we lived like that in this country. Imagine what restitution could look like. Imagine what repentance could look like. I'm, uh, I'm going to stop there.